0: Be cautious of religious people who only talk about grace, but they never talk about repentance. And I've seen more and more churches doing that, more and more religious people doing that. And I'm not sure why they're doing that, because if they truly have a person's best interest in heart and they truly want that person to get into God's kingdom, they will be teaching you about both it is definitely true 100 percent truth that we are saved by grace by the grace that jesus that god gave to us through jesus through jesus's death and resurrection and that is completely how we are saved but from the time that jesus started preaching to everyone he told everybody about repentance and it was repent um that Because the kingdom of God would be near and John the Baptist, that's what he had a baptism of water, which was the baptism of repentance. And if you read the New Testament, you will see that when John first started baptizing people, he didn't baptize them with the spirit. He only baptized them with the water and he baptized for forgiveness and then Jesus is the one who brought the spirit because even when Jesus went to be baptized by John the Baptist John the Baptist said something like you know I'm not even worthy to hold your sandals or something to that effect and and said you know more or less you should be baptizing me not the other way around because Jesus when he came he was the one who gives the spirit and that's what Jesus said when he talks about the, um, not to, uh, I don't remember his exact words, but he said that, um, the only way that we will be in the kingdom of God is to be born again. And that would be born of the water and of the spirit. So the water is the repentance that John the Baptist did. And the spirit is what Jesus gives. And the spirit, if you search and look through the new Testament, the spirit is what Allowed Jesus to raise from the dead God's spirit residing within Jesus and that's the same thing that anyone who wants to be in God's kingdom needs to have God's spirit. so the only way that you know the the spirit can't indwell in a person that is full of sin is continuing in their sin life. The spirit can't become a part of that because the spirit and the flesh are opposing to one another. So you have to get that out before you can actually receive the spirit or have the spirit dwelling within you. But that is done through Jesus. That is through a relationship with Jesus and letting Jesus know that you want to have God's spirit, that you want to be in God's kingdom. And then it will come to you. And then over time, you will gradually start to see change. And you know, actually it's more evident when other people start to notice a change in people who have God's spirit. You know, it's one thing for you to think, oh, I'm different, I'm better, and everything, but it's another thing for other people around you. And if you want to get deeper into this, check out Galatians three, four, and five and actually three, four, five, and six. Those are the ones that I went through. And it was, uh, again, after a prayer this morning to Jesus and said, you know, show me something that you want people to know about. And so I was drawn to, I opened up the book, um, the Bible, and it was to these, um, it wasn't, I think it was like in between, it was on um, a little bit of three and yeah, it was kind of right in the middle. It was three, four, five that were on the page. So what I did is I went back to the beginning of three, and I just kind of read through everything and out kind of starred areas that were really stood out to me that were worth talk. not I shouldn't say worth talking about. Everything is worth talking about, but just like if you were going to make it shorter than reading everything. But still, I would say read the entire thing, but there were just points. Sometimes when you read the whole thing, it just gets so much that you just don't get the main points. There's just too much in there. So what I've done is I'm um, underlined a few things and I will just read those things to you and and talk about those because I think they're good points and you can see them too. If you go into Galatians three, four, five, and six. So it's talking about um, chapter three is talking about by faith or by works of the law. And so Paul is talking to the Galatians and These were people that I understand were, um, believers, but all of a sudden they were trying to do all these good things or obey the law so that they would be saved, or that was their reasoning, I guess. And he was saying, no, you guys got this all wrong. You don't, you don't, your works don't give you salvation. It's salvation through Jesus. It's just by the grace. Jesus came for the sinners, but... He wants all the sinners to repent, to reconcile their relationship with God. And that's the repentance part. And then to have the Spirit dwelling within them, and then we all become children of God. And so getting back to chapter 3, Paul says, Did did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Well, the only way that anyone receives the Spirit is, is by believing. So how do you get to the point where you actually believe? Well, it's by reading the Bible, reading scripture and having questions about it and studying it and trying to find the answers. And the more you try and do that, you will start to, you either will or you won't. You'll believe or you won't believe because not everyone will believe, but only those people who believe will be the ones who will be saved. But you can't force somebody to believe. They either are going to believe or they won't believe. So just leave it at that. That's just the way it is, that it is. And then, so I underlined another statement that said, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does, n- who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So there were a lot of laws for the Jewish uh, people. And before Jesus came, they had the laws. um, It explains this further. There was basically like guardrails. The laws were set up to teach people right from wrong. And until Jesus was there, I mean, they had to have faith in God. And when God revealed himself to everyone until Jesus arrived and he broke the curse the curse that was given to everyone. Like if you just reject Jesus and you just say, if I just obey all these laws, then I will make it to heaven. You've rejected Jesus because Jesus had to come so that we could actually be in heaven. So you will never make it to heaven by obeying the laws because we are not perfect people and we cannot keep all of the laws. So the only way that it was possible for us to be in God's kingdom, is by Jesus, through Jesus, what he did. And to me, this is really, it's like a, it's a very circuitous type thing, because it's like obedience to the God's commands, and grace do tie together. So you can't ignore obedience, you can't reject obedience and say, well, because I have grace, I don't have to worry about, about anything that I do wrong or I can live anyway, I guess worry is not the best word to use, but I can live any way I want to because I believe in Jesus. And that's not the truth. Because if you do that, you're basically showing Jesus that you don't love him, that God's commands are not important to you, that you don't need him, you don't that you don't love Him because you're not going to listen to what He has to say because He said this is right and this is wrong. So if you don't obey it, it's just an outward action, an outward show, display that I don't care what you say, God, because I want to live like I want to live. And that's what Paul talks about is crucifying the flesh. The flesh is what says, I want to live how I want to live. And so if you become a believer or a a true Christian, you have to crucify the flesh. You have to uh, sub, submit yourself to, or surrender yourself to God, to Jesus, and then choose not to follow the flesh. And you're gonna, there's gonna be like a testing that you will go through where you'll have choices and you're not always going to make the right choice. You're gonna sometimes choose sin But that's what the other part of it is, is that thankfully, we don't die because of that, because of Jesus. But if our intentions are just more selfish driven, where we just say, I don't like your laws, I'm just going to live how I want to live, and I know Jesus died for us, and I believe in Jesus, so I think I'm going to go to heaven, that's not truth. You're not going to, because it says clearly in scripture that you're not going to. So you, there has to be a sense of uh, repentance or a sense of knowing right from wrong and then choosing or at least wanting, knowing that you're going to mess up, but wanting to follow God's laws because you basically appreciate the fact that he came here and he made it possible for us to be in God's kingdom. Otherwise, by default, we would just be in hell seriously i mean it's just because of our prior ancestors and what happened here so um i mean just that sin came on this earth we aren't judged by anyone else but ourselves by what we did so by what we do currently um the choice that we make that's the only way that we are going to be judged by our choice do we accept jesus or do we reject jesus that's going to be how we are judged and you know by our actions our actions show our decision and so it really concerns me like I said when there are religious people who stress grace which is truth but they neglect to tell you about repentance and they almost some of them make it seem like you can do anything you want don't worry about it you don't have to worry because you're under the grace of God well as we see in Galatians that is not truth and I will get to that too. So, anyway, talking again about this cursed part where anyone who relies on work see so like you have to be good to get to heaven. Uh when when God's law is broken, which everyone does, it imposes a it imposes a curse, the judgment of God, because the wages of sin is death. So, if we get paid death for our sin but when Jesus died on the cross it was a pole it was a sign of someone who was cursed more than that it was a sign that Jesus had received God's punishment for our sin so Jesus died on the cross and it's like further in this this chapter it says the law is not based on faith on the contrary it states the person who does these things will live by them Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on the pole. So that was Jesus' death. He died. He broke the curse by his death on the cross for all of us. And he is the only one who could have ever done that because he is the only one who is sinless. It required a sinless to cover all of mankind and Other than that, everyone is responsible for themselves. But if we are covered by Jesus through his death and our belief in Jesus and what he told us, then we don't have to worry about that death. So then another thing that I thought was um, interesting that says um, the children of God, um, but scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin. So before we come to faith through Jesus, we are basically slaves to sin, and we are under the control of sin. And so when we were under the control of sin, then it was basically locked up until Jesus was revealed to us. And so the law was basically, like I said before, the guardian or the guardrails until Christ came so that we could be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. And then it says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So again, it says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God and it's through faith, but it's for all of you who were baptized into Christ because Christ has clothed us. He's, he's covered our sins um, and it's those who were baptized. Remember, Jesus said you had to be born again. So baptized of the water and of the spirit. So unless you do both of those, you are not in Christ yet. And I didn't quite understand all of that. And and this is very, the way it's written, it is very hard to understand. And it takes a while of studying it uh, to actually comprehend this. Um, but it says that, um, chapter four says, what I'm saying is that as long as an error, which everyone who chooses Jesus or accepts Jesus is an heir, but as long as they're under age, they are no different from a slave. Although they own the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So there are guardians and trustees that are responsible until God decides when we get the revelation, I guess, um, when we understand who Jesus is, because until then, we're still controlled by sin. And we still have, um, I thought this was, I loved this verse, because it's like, we still have like guardians, like angels, like God's messengers, perhaps, our trustees, it doesn't say who these are. But there are probably beings that God has in place to kind of have little guardrails up for us so that Um, when we're still in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the time has fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So, again, Paul is talking about God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So, anyone who has the spirit indwelling, it came from God, the spirit of his son within us. So Jesus has told us so many times, I am the way, not so many times, but he told us in the Bible, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what he brings life to us. He gives us the possibility of being in God's kingdom. And this was, um, you know, Paul had a concern for the Galatians, and he was concerned about the people who were teaching that you have to obey all of these laws, and if you don't obey these laws, if you if you obey all these laws, then you will get to heaven, which is not true. But he says, Paul says, those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. Because you're not going to be able to keep all the laws. So if they you're just constantly going to be in a battle and you you're never going to succeed in that. And so that's why it's so harmful if you think that you can get to heaven being an imperfect being. Like there's nothing that, it's just not possible. So the only way that you're going to be able to get to God's kingdom is through Jesus. And I think he's just trying to state this over and over again. And then he kind of talks about Hagar and Sarah, which is really interesting. So I'm just going to read this, the rest of the chapter. Tell me you who want to be under the law. Are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and and the other by a free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. So with Hagar, uh, Abraham took things into his own hands at the advice of his wife, Sarah, who said, you know, I'm old and, you know, maybe God just meant for you to have a baby with Hagar. So Abraham did. She had a baby. She had the son. And, but this was after God had already told them that Sarah, who was, I guess, nine in her nineties and Abraham was a hundred, they were going to have a son. But because of their age, they laughed and they thought, oh, maybe it's going to be some other way. So they took matters into their own hands and it wasn't by the Spirit. Because what 90 year old woman typically has a baby? None that I know of, except for Sarah in the Bible. And that's what this is talking about. The free woman was born as, or the son by the free woman was born by as a result of a divine promise. So it was god's promise it was god's spirit who enabled that to happen and then paul says these things are being taken figuratively the woman represents two covenants one covenant is from mount sinai and bears children who are to be slaves this is hagar now hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. So that's again, God's kingdom and it's spirit driven. And that is the one who is free. And then it said, um, now you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. So you can see that there was this, um, it was Ishmael and Isaac. So Ishmael persecuted Isaac. So Isaac was born of the spirit. And Ishmael was born according to the flesh. And that's in chapter 4 of Galatians. So then freedom of Christ, freedom in Christ on chapter 5. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. So if you go back to trying to secure eternal salvation only by the law and not through Jesus or through belief in Jesus you're alienating Jesus you don't have a relationship with Jesus and so for though the spirit for through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope so it's through the spirit that when Jesus returns we will be changed in an instant instant to imperishable bodies, immortal, imperishable bodies. And it's because of the God spirit that's residing in us. And that's through faith. We have to believe that, um, to believe Jesus and believe what he told people when he was here. And that's what you can see what Jesus told people when he was here by reading the gospels. That's the documentation of what Jesus did while he was here. So you read that, study it more. A lot of it goes back to even the Old Testament. You will get information about Jesus through the prophets in the Old Testament. They talk about Jesus all the time. You'll see Jesus even said, like in the New Testament, the things he did were only to fulfill what the prophets talked about in the Old Testament. So you bounce back and forth between Old Testament and New Testament, and you see that the New Testament is the fulfillment of what was talked about in the Old Testament. And then it talks about a life by the Spirit. Um, And we're supposed to serve one another humbly in love and love your neighbor as yourself and walk by the Spirit. Now this is where it gets really important because how do you know if somebody's walking by the Spirit or walking by the flesh? So it talks about crucifying the flesh. And here's a little bit about the flesh and the Spirit. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So if you are not led by the spirit, you're still under the law. So, you don't have the grace. So, that's something to keep in mind. So, how do you know if the spirit is within you or if you, you know, how how do you know if you've crucified the flesh? Well, he tells us exactly what that means. The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred and That's what churches do not teach anymore. They skip over that. They don't say that. Okay, but if you're living by the Spirit or you're walking in the Spirit, here's the next part. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying others. Then it says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, You, who live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry his own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So, Whatever you do, you're going to get back. So whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. So if you're doing all those things according to the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit, so whoever's intentions and, you know, they're seeking to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So this also this like once saved, always saved. That's another thing that I don't believe because, well, I think it might just be that the that a person may not have been saved. God will never abandon us. So yes, God holds on to us. So There's no doubt that uh, we always have God there. But if we start to live by the flesh and not by the Spirit, and God comes back and corrects us and disciplines us and tries to get us back in line to be walking in the Spirit again, but we're still going back to the flesh, and we just don't stay away from the flesh, and we keep rejecting God by going back to the flesh, that's when... We can lose our salvation. I believe that because why would Jesus ever have all the warnings to all the churches? Now, the churches have believers in them, right? And in the book of Revelation, when he has John write letters to all the churches, and he talks about, here's the good things you're doing, and here's the bad things you're doing. And if you don't start correcting these bad things, you're, you know this is going to happen to you and he has really bad things to tell people. And so if people can live however they want, Jesus would never have to say that because they're already believers. So well, how they lived wouldn't matter. But evidently it does matter because Jesus had John write to the churches. So those are believers. So he had them he had John write to the churches. And so I think we can't ignore that. Like we're never going to get to God's kingdom all on our own. We need Jesus. There's no doubt about that. But the way we live does matter. And that's what people, religious people and churches are getting away from. They're not telling people the truth. This is the truth. And like I said before, Jesus, when he first started preaching, preached about repentance. You know, it's it's not like, I mean, it talks about people taking up their cross if they want to follow Jesus. And so what kind of cross are you taking up if you don't have to change the way you live? That certainly isn't anything hard. If you don't have to, like, crucify your flesh or your own natural desires to follow Jesus I mean, why does it tell you in the Bible that you have to do that? So that's my point is I do not think these people who are telling these things are speaking the truth from the Bible. You check it out. You see what you think. But those are some of the reasons why I just I don't like when they do that, because I feel like the churches that are doing that are only trying to be liked by people But they're not trying to save people from destruction. And churches should. That should be the complete rule for them. Not rule. That should be their their goal is to do exactly what Jesus was. Gain people for the kingdom of God. Help people get to God's kingdom. Build them up. Support them when they're having hard times. Support them when they're falling from you know living in the spirit to living in the flesh as soon as it happens the sooner you catch it the easier it is to correct the longer you let it go and you keep living in the flesh the harder it's going to be to get back you know it's just like just like working out when you work out all the time it becomes something that you want to do and you miss it really badly if you don't get a workout in but if you get lazy and quit working out it's so hard to get back in So that's why it's like a continuous thing that we have to do, a continuous discipline that we have to do to stay connected to Jesus. Don't fall away from him. Stay walking in the spirit. How do you stay in the spirit? Well, you stay in the spirit by reading the Bible and by praying and staying connected to Jesus. That's what we need. And we need God's spirit. So it's from the time you first understand this to the day Jesus returns that's what you're going to need is to stay in the spirit stay walking in the spirit and read these chapters and the rest of the bible too and think about it don't just take my word for it go look at it look it up for yourself but i think you'll find that what i'm saying is the truth so Be careful who you listen to and make sure that you know what's in the Bible so that you aren't misled by people who are telling you half-truths because that's the easy way to deceive people is to only tell them half the story because what they say is true, but it's not the whole story. Think about it.